a faithful man or woman, a faithful spirit, doesn't give up, doesn't quit. That's probably the, the first quality about faithfulness. Because when they quit, they stop being faithful. Please open your Bible up to the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter number 14. Numbers chapter number 14. Numbers chapter number. Yeah. That sounds odd, doesn't it? But Numbers chapter 14, we're going to talk tonight about faithful Caleb. Maybe you're familiar with this man, Caleb. We're going to learn about him tonight. I think you're going to find this very interesting. Well, in chapter 14, we'll be reading from verse 20 to 24. And so, have your Bible open. Don't just sit there. But uh, even if you run and get your Bible, go get it now. But Numbers chapter 14. And let's see, we'll begin at verse number 20. Verse number 20. And I'd like you to read out loud with me. You can do that, can't you? Read out loud. Just If you're all by yourself in your home there, just pretend that it's you and me, just the two of us. Maybe there's two or three of you sitting in the home watching. Well, then there'll be three or four of us together. But let's do this together. And let's read chapter 14, verses 20 to 24. Now, let's read together. And the Lord said, I have pardoned according to thy word, but as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have tempted me now these ten times, and have not hearkened to my voice. Surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him, and hath followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereunto he went, and his seed shall possess it. Well, we have a very interesting story tonight about this man, Caleb. And we're going to learn um, where he came from and how the Lord blessed him and why it is that he got blessed. And we're going to learn from that so that we can apply that to our lives. Now, before we pray, I want to tell you a, a little story, a little half a story about uh, a man who was a powerhouse for God. And his name was Norman Giesler. And Norman was born in 1932, just outside of Detroit City in Michigan, just in the United States. And Norman grew to become a famous Bible teacher, a Christian author, an evangelist, a real powerhouse for God. And God used him in a marvelous way. For decades and decades, God was using Norman Giesler. And the man went home to be with the Lord uh, in 2019. So two or three years ago, he was about 86, about three weeks before his 87th birthday. 
the Lord called him home after all those amazing years, decades and decades of fantastic service. Now you can look up Norman Giesler later and some of his exploits, but I want to tell you something. In the early life of Norman Giesler, there was a mystery man, a Christian man, who faithfully did something for the Lord. And because of this mystery Christian man who did this faithful service for the Lord, we had Norman Giesler, the powerhouse for God. And if it wasn't for this mystery man, we probably wouldn't have this powerhouse for God. So who was this man? And more important, what did he faithfully do that caused Norman Giesler, basically a nobody, Norman Giesler, to become this incredible man of God? What did this mystery man do? Well, we're going to find out tonight in the sermon. So let's begin with a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we bow and humble ourselves before you and ask that you would teach our hearts tonight. Teach us from the life of Caleb. There's some wonderful teaching in this man's life, and we need it. Our Father, many, many of our church folks are sick and under the weather right now with this miserable COVID now, it might not be the original COVID-19, nor might it be the Delta, but it's probably this Omicron variant. And that's bad enough. And Father, please continue to give us wisdom as church leadership to help navigate our way through these treacherous waters. And we pray that we wouldn't lose anyone, that we'd all finish up on the other side strong, in fact, stronger in faith and love. Heavenly Father, encourage us tonight with the life of Caleb. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Well, the story of Caleb is a very exciting one. Now, here in Numbers chapter 14, we have the aftermath of chapter 13 when the Lord sent in, you know, the, the 12 spies um, into the land of uh, the promised land. And they went all through, remember? And Caleb was one of those. And they all came back, the 12 of them. And 10 of them stood up and discouraged the hearts of God's people. You know, uh, it's a shame that that happens. That a few of God's people can discourage the hearts of so many. It's a shame that's ha that happens, but it still happens today. And there are some men, uh, some women, who call themselves Christians, call themselves part of the family of God, and yet they think that they're doing something important by shooting down and destroying the faith of others. And that's what we have here in chapter 13, and 10 of those 12 spies said, oh yeah, it's a wonderful place, but we'll never get it because it's full of giants and we're just like little grasshoppers in their sight. And the way they spoke 
And they spoke with such passion and using such convincing arguments that even though Joshua and Caleb, those were the other two spies of the twelve spies, those were the only two that stood up and said, men and brethren, we can do this. If God be for us, who can be against us? But they were like voices crying in the wilderness. It's like no one even heard them. All of the children of Israel, they all lifted up their voice and wept. Oh, and they said, this is God's fault. This is Moses' fault. And so then in chapter 14, the hammer comes down. And folks, the hammer always comes down. When someone tries to discourage and shoot down in flames your desire to live for the Lord, the hammer is always going to fall. It always will. And God is no respecter with persons. Uh, be it me or someone else may be connected with this church or used to be connected with this church. If they try and throw cold water on your zeal for Jesus and they try to shoot you down from living your life for Jesus, the hammer will fall on their head. You don't mess around with God's people and get away with it. And of course, the hammer fell. And uh, those ten uh, evil spies, they all perished in the wilderness. And all of the adults from age 20 and up <clears throat> who accused God and accused Moses, they all died in the wilderness. It was the, the younger crowd who grew up those are the ones that God led by the hand into the, the promised land. They could have spared those 40 years of wilderness wanderings if only they'd believed in the Lord. Caleb was one of two of that whole crowd that had come out of Egypt. Caleb was one of the two, and Joshua was the other, who actually got to go into the promised land. This story you're probably familiar with, but... What I want you to see tonight is that Caleb's story actually begins with Caleb's father. Caleb's father. Now, uh, his father's name was Jephunneh, and he was a Kenizzite. The Kenizzites were famous metal workers, like blacksmiths or machine shop workers, sort of. They worked with metal, and they were good at it. Now, the name Jephunneh means he will be prepared. And so Caleb's father, Jephunneh, the name means he will be prepared. And it was Jephunneh's father who gave Jephunneh that name. And so maybe it goes back to Caleb's grandfather. But it seems that Caleb's grandfather was trying to prepare his son, who ended up being Caleb's father. And Caleb was trying to prepare his son. And he, he named him Caleb. And of course, Caleb prepared his sons as well, as we shall see. Now, Jephunneh, and maybe Jephunneh's father, they all knew that to do anything worthwhile in life requires preparation. In order to become a success at something, you have to work in the shadows, sometimes for many years. There's an old saying, 
that it takes 10 years in order to be an overnight success. There's a, a new face in the Hollywood scene. Not that I'm much of a follower of Hollywood, but this young guy, his name's all over the place now. <clears throat> and his name is Tom Holland. He's the, uh, the character who's playing Spider-Man these days. And he's just uh, a worldwide success now. And he's just in his early 20s. But what you might not know is that he spent many years in preparation. And at the right time, this opportunity came for him. Uh, Tom Holland uh, was doing a lot of acrobatic flips and somersaults. And I think they call it parkour, where they, they run and they jump off something and they flip and land on their feet and jump up buildings. And he was practicing that. He also took a couple years training in ballet as well. He was a real gymnast and very, very experienced in the gym. Also, he was a bit of a child actor. And so he had all of this preparation and at the right time, the opportunity came. He applied for the job as Spider-Man and he got it. Now, this is not a promotion for Tom Holland. As far as I can tell, Tom does not know the Lord as his Savior. I can't see any evidence whatsoever in his life. And I do hope that he comes to know Christ as his Savior. Sometimes Hollywood people do come to know Jesus as Savior, but most of them don't. But all I'm saying is that uh, it often is true. It takes 10 years to become an overnight success. There's preparation involved. And I think we all realize that. That if we want to do anything great in life, it's going to require preparation. And that's why I heartily recommend, mom and dad, that you help your son or daughter go to Bible college for one year. Let the Holy Spirit get a hold of your children for one year before you send them off to the worldly um, universities and uh, colleges and so on. And, and that may be where God wants them. But listen, let them get one year with God in Bible college. And that will ground them for life. Don't think, oh well, we'll send them away for four or five years and then after that, if they want, they can get a year of Bible college. No, you're putting the cart before the horse. One year goes by pretty quick. Get them into Bible college. Let the Lord prepare them. They'll be a far, far better doctor or lawyer or inventor or electrician or a mechanic or something. They'll be far, far better if God has them for one year in Bible college. So preparation is very important. And we see that here in the life of Caleb, in the life of Caleb's father. And who knows, maybe... Maybe uh, his grandfather as well. Well, here's something that you may not have known. The name Caleb, Jephune, we know what his name means. Uh, he will be prepared. And so that's the father. And the father named his son Caleb. And Caleb basically means a dog. A, that kind of dog, a dog. You say, why would a father name his son 
a dog, Caleb. That's what the name Caleb means. It's because of the faithfulness. That's why. They say that dog is man's best friend. I don't know who said that, but they've said that for a long, long time. And dogs tend to show themselves very faithful. They do. Uh, we have one little pooch at home named Charlie. And uh, wherever we go, he's faithfully there following us. And he's trying to please us. And that's the whole idea of a dog. And oftentimes, you know, the dog's standing right behind you and you might turn and accidentally step on the dog's paw and arr, 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 the dog's in pain and then the dog comes to you and says, what have I done wrong? What have I done wrong? I'm sorry, tell me. I'll make it right. And it, it was your fault. You're the one with the clumsy feet and you stepped on his paw. But you see, the dog is faithful. Faithful. And this is what Jephune named his son. The idea of faithful. Faithful. Folks, we have to show ourselves faithful to God. Not just if you're going to be in full-time service as a pastor. But if you're going to be a Christian, you need to be faithful. We have far too many people in this country and around the world who claim to be Christians, but they're not faithful. They're not showing themselves faithful to God. There's no faithful spirit. And I think that Jephune wanted to prepare his son for life and wanted to do everything to help his son learn faithfulness. Parents, you need to teach faithfulness to your children. But parents, your children need to see faithfulness in you. If they don't see you as being faithful, you'll never teach them to be faithful. Water doesn't rise higher than its source. You need to increase your faithfulness if you want your children to be faithful. And so teach faithfulness to yourself first. And uh, that way your children will follow the Lord better. That way Caleb learned faithfulness and uh, he was chosen as a leader. If you look back at chapter 13, look at verse number 2. The Lord, of course, spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel, of every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. That was the qualification. They had to be leaders. And if you look please at verse number 6, it says of the tribe of Judah, Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. And so Caleb was a leader. You can't be a good leader if you're not a faithful man or woman. You have to be faithful. You have to show yourself faithful to God. Now Judah was the, the largest of the 12 tribes. Did Jephunneh prepare his son Caleb? And the answer is yes, he did. And if you go to chapter 14 and look at verse 24, you have the words of God, the testimony of God concerning Caleb. It says, but my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him, Take your pen or pencil and underline those words in your Bible. He had another spirit with him and hath followed me fully. Him will I bring into the land where 
into he went, and his seed shall possess possess it. And so, Caleb had a faithful spirit. Now, we're going to jump over to the book of Joshua. We're going to leave Numbers, go past Deuteronomy, we're going to get to Joshua, and we're going to go to chapter 14. Let's go there now. Joshua chapter number 14. For the next few minutes, I want to show you five blessings of being faithful. Like faithful Caleb. Five blessings I'm going to show you. Number one. (coughs) A faithful man or woman, a faithful spirit, doesn't give up. Doesn't quit. That's probably the the first quality about faithfulness. Because when they quit, they stop being faithful. And so inherent with that idea of being faithful is this determination not to give up, not to quit. And so we have in chapter 14, again, the words of the Lord. Um, Pardon me here. Um... We'll pick up in verse 8. These are the words here of Caleb. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. Now he's talking about the ten spies who turned the the hearts of of the people. By the way, can I say this please? If you've been listening to someone rag on and on about how lousy this is and how rotten that is and how no good this person is and how stupid that person is, would you just turn them off? Would you just make that decision tonight and just click, turn them off and stop listening to them? You say, well, what do I do if I can't click? They're in the room with me. Well, that's why God made doors so you can escape, get out, You don't have to sit under this lame brain, this no good that, and this is rotten, and this is pathetic, and on and on and on it goes. Please, just reach out, click, turn it off, or get up and use the feet God gave you and get out the door. Get away from them. Don't be subjecting yourself to that kind of horrible stuff. So it's important here. Now, A faithful spirit doesn't quit. We finish off verse 8. Caleb said, But I wholly followed the Lord my God. Christian friend, can you say that? Can you say honestly that you have wholly followed the Lord your God? Can you say that? Caleb was a man who could say that. He had another spirit in him. A spirit of faithfulness. He was a faithful man. You know, it's so important, this idea of faithfulness. When two people come to get married, they're looking to each other to be faithful. If one of them is not faithful, then the other one is heartbroken and wants to leave. Marriage is based on faithfulness, isn't it? Your relationship with the Lord is based on faithfulness. You want God to be faithful to you. God wants you to be faithful back to Him. 
And you need to show yourself faithful. Daily devotions is one way in which you show yourself faithful to the Lord. I'll tell you something about these ten lousy spies who think, ah, this is rotten and this stinks and God, you know, he makes promises he doesn't keep. These guys, they never have faithful daily devotions, do they? Now maybe you might even know someone who might as well have been one of the ten rotten spies. Tell me, do they have wonderful daily devotions with the Lord? You know they don't. So just click, turn them off. Stop listening to that horrible input. That is bad stuff. A faithful spirit doesn't give up, doesn't quit. Obstacles are tests of faithfulness. All right, I can't get to my goal. I've got an an obstacle in front of me, but will I give up on the goal? No, I'll still be faithful. I'm being tested somehow, tried and tested. I'm still going to be a faithful husband or a faithful wife. I'll still be a faithful son or daughter. I'll still be faithful as parents. I'll daily put my children in the Lord's hands. Remember, folks, you don't own those children. You only have them on loan for a few short years, and then they're out the door, they're gone. You only have this time to be a a major influence in their life. Be faithful. There's a poem that is my favorite poem. It has gotten me through so many hard times. I learned this poem back 40 some odd years ago. Maybe 42, 43 years ago. I was in Bible college. We had a guest preacher who came in and he told about some hard times and then he started quoting this poem. And that was my my love affair with this poem. (laughs) And the poem is entitled, Don't Quit. When things go wrong, as they sometimes will, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the debts are high and you want to smile but have to to sigh, when care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but don't you quit. Boy, you can look that poem up on the internet. It'll be a blessing to you. And maybe keep it handy. Fold it up, put it in your wallet or your purse. Look at it once in a while. But one of the great blessings of being faithful is you're not a quitter. And Caleb wasn't a quitter. Number two, another blessing. A faithful spirit has the favor of God. A faithful spirit has, present tense, in possession, has the favor of Almighty God upon him or her. You'll see it in verse 9, chapter 14 and and verse 9. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. Here is the favor of God to have this inheritance, this divine inheritance. God delights in doing good things, nice things, extra things, special things for his sons and daughters who will show themselves faithful. Folks, these are crazy days in which we live. 
COVID has made its rounds around the world. This world is affected. We're changed now. Many believe that these COVID diseases are here now forever. It's going to be part of our normality. Whether that's true or not, only God knows. But the whole world has been changed. Millions of people have died. And it's been medically proven that it's been related to COVID. Now there's other factors involved. But COVID has definitely changed the face of the world. Two years ago, if you had told me that we'd all be wearing masks and socially distancing ourselves, and we'd have to uh, cut in-person services for a period of time, and restaurants would have to close, and you can't get into certain places unless you show proof of being vaccinated, I would have probably had a good chuckle. I would have said, I can't see that happening. Nobody saw that happening. Only God knew it was going to happen. God in His wisdom has allowed this worldwide catastrophe to happen. And we're living in it. We need to be faithful. God needs us to be faithful. Faithful to the basic things that He's tasked us with. Be a faithful Christian. God will give you blessings during COVID. He'll give you blessings. He'll give you thine inheritance if you have a faithful spirit. Quickly, we have to move on. Number three, a faithful spirit often promotes physical health. It's interesting we should be talking about our, our, our diseases and COVID and Omicron and health and so on. And then here, in the context of Caleb, the faithful man, we should touch on this idea of physical strength and health. And oftentimes, I'm not saying every single time, but often, more often than not, a faithful spirit helps promote good health. It's often been said that people who are negative and pessimistic and gloomy, they seem to get hit with a lot of diseases and sicknesses and things, whether it's in their mind or whether it's actually true, but they seem to be the, the woe-is-me subject of many a malady, whereas people that are faithful have a, a different kind of spirit in them. they got a Caleb kind of spirit. They're faithful to God. Oftentimes, they enjoy better health. And I think you'll see that here in verses 10 and 11. Caleb says, And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive as he said these 40 and 5 years. Caleb was 85 at this point. Even uh, since the Lord spake this word unto Moses while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness and now, lo, I am this day fourscore and 5 years old. That's 85. And watch. As yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. He was 40 years old at that time. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. Whoa. Well, that's pretty encouraging. What a gift of God. And certainly that is true. And health is a gift of God. You know what? Some of you that are watching, you're coughing, you've got a fever thermometer out of one side of your mouth, you've got maybe uh, blankets on you, you're experiencing chills, uh, your appetite is gone. 
Uh, you've got aches and pains in your joints. Maybe you've got a bad sore throat. Maybe you're coughing a lot. I still have a teeny cough left. I'll tell you a little secret. It could be worse. Right? It could be worse. You say, oh yeah, how worse? You could be dead. That's a little bit worse. No. I, I know that what you're going through is not pleasant. I've been through it myself just a week ago, week and a half ago. I know what it's like. But it could always be worse. It could always be worse. Praise the Lord that God is still in the business of blessing His children with health. You may not have 100% of your health right now, but God will give it back to you. He'll heal your diseases. Negative, pessimistic attitudes usually cause health problems. All right, we have to move on. Blessing number four. I told you there were five of them. Number four, a faithful spirit will accept a challenge. A faithful spirit will accept a new challenge. Verse 12. Now therefore give me this mountain whereof the Lord spake in that day. And thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there and the cities were great and fenced. If so be the Lord will be with me then I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. And so here's a challenge for an 85-year-old man. Give me that mountain. I want that mountain. There's a song in our hymn book like that. I want that mountain. It belongs to me. You know, there's challenges out there, folks. Challenges to win this city to Jesus Christ. Challenges to win this world, to take the gospel around the world and win the world. I'm so proud of the fact that you people are standing with me in heart and soul and in money to support missionaries. And we've, we've reached our first milestone of a hundred missionaries. Well, we're working on our second milestone now because we need more missionaries out there to reach more of the world. And by God's grace, we'll do it. By God's grace, we'll get back together. We will see COVID behind us. We'll get back together. We'll get our programs back together. We'll buy another bus. and We'll get a bus ministry started. By God's grace, we will see these things happen. By God's grace, we will get into a building of our own. We'll raise the millions of dollars and God will do miracles. You see, those are challenges and a faithful spirit is always open to challenges. Someone with no faithful spirit, they're not interested in new things, new challenges. Oh, let someone else do it. I'm just going to put my feet up here and just kind of relax and let everyone else do it. They're lacking a faithful spirit. That's not the kind of spirit we see in Caleb. Caleb didn't put his feet up and say, okay, Joshua, if you want to go off and beat the tar out of these Canaanites and take over the promised land, that's up to you. But I'm an 85-year-old man and I've, I've worked for this a long time. I deserve this. I'm going to put my feet up and just let everyone else do it. No faithful spirit there, my friend, is there? No. Say, when was the last time you were open to a challenge? 
You know, some Christians won't even take the tithing challenge. Did you know that? They won't even do that? That's sad. And that's between them and God. They'll lose out. But for those of us who are open to a challenge, it means there's something alive in our bosom. It means there's a faithful spirit crying out to God, Lord, let's do this together. Lord, give me that mountain. Maybe for someone it's the mountain of tithing. Ah, take it from the rest of us. You can, you and the Lord, you can do it. You can do that and so much more. The devil doesn't want you to know how strong you are in Jesus. You can do so much more. And a faithful spirit is always open to a, a good biblical challenge. You know, something I read about, one of the greatest violin players, he died in 1840. His name was Niccolo Paganini. And his music is still around today. People are still playing his compositions. And Paganini was an unusual, amazing violin player. Now, as far as his personal life goes, I don't think he knew the Lord. He had a lot of worldliness connected with him. But when he picked up a violin, there was maybe no one in the world that could keep up with this guy. He was that good. He was brilliant. And he owned a number of musical instruments. Um, he made some bad investments near the end of his life, and he had to sell a bunch of his musical instruments to pay his debts. But a few of his musical instruments he held on to, and this, he had a few violins, and one of his prized violins, this is what I've read, one of his prized violins he kept and he donated to a museum. He was dying. He knew he was dying. He donated this violin to the museum and it was worth a fortune. But there was one stipulation. It was never to be played again. It was just to be put on display. Well, I guess they didn't realize what happens to wood of a violin when it's just left on display. And what I read was that Within a few years after Paganini's death, evidence of rot was setting in and decay. And the violin, as I understand, is still around today, but you can't pick it up and play it. If you did, it would just shatter. It, it's just an old relic. Just an old relic. It should never have been retired. My Christian brother, my Christian sister, listen to me. If you retire on the Lord, if you put your feet up and say, well, that's it for me. I'm not going to serve the Lord anymore. I'm just going to sit back and just enjoy. You're, you're a relic. You've, you've now become a relic. And your heart and soul and spirit are going to wither if you're not showing faithfulness to the Lord and service to the Lord, you were never designed to retire spiritually. Physically, maybe. But you were never designed to back out on the Lord and retire. And so many Christians that once upon a time 
They were walking close with God. They were serving God. They were praying. They were giving. They were active. They were involved. They were like a Stradivarius violin in the hands of the Master. But now, they just kind of sit behind glass like a museum piece. Faithful spirit doesn't do that. Caleb sure didn't do that. This guy was 85 and he was still saying, I'm ready, give me that mountain, it belongs to me. Faithful spirit is definitely open to new challenges. And quickly, number five, and we're done. And that is, a faithful spirit has positive confidence. That's right, you heard me right. A faithful spirit will have a positive spirit about him or her. And again, it's in verse 12. And I actually read it, and I'll read it again. He was saying in verse 12 here, give me this mountain, and then you see at the end of the verse, I shall be able to drive them out. That's a positive spirit. Caleb had a positive spirit about him. People who are faithful to the Lord will have a positive spirit. Even, listen to me, even if they say, okay, well, here's a challenge. I'm not sure if we can do it. I'm not sure how it can come to pass, but I'm willing to give it a try. You see, that's a faithful spirit. And they have something positive about them. And those are the kind of people I want to be around. I want to be around men and women that love the Lord and are faithful to Him. Those are the most exciting Christians. That's the best company of the saints, if you ask me. Great things are always accomplished by confident people. I told you earlier about Norman Giesler and what a powerhouse for God that man was for decades and decades. Something like, um, oh... Almost 70 years, almost 70 years, he was a powerhouse for God. But I told you something, that there's a mystery man, a man of shadows, a Christian man who did something faithfully. And because this mystery man did what he did, the world had Norman Giesler for almost 70 years, this powerhouse for God. Well, as to the man's name, we'll only know when we get to heaven because I couldn't find a record of the man's name. But what did the man do? What did this Christian man do that resulted in the powerhouse we call Norman Giesler? I'll tell you what this Christian man did. He drove a church Sunday school bus. Norman Giesler was born in 1932 and in 1941 when he was nine years of age in the summertime of 41 there was a vacation Bible school. A Bible-believing church put on a vacation Bible school and a, a little boyhood friend of Norman invited him to come. Norman went. He liked it. And then his friend invited him if he wanted to come to Sunday school. And so Norman got on the Sunday school bus. And he went that Sunday. 
this man that drove the bus drove Norman into church and it was there that Norman sang some, some songs about Jesus and started learning about Jesus. On that first Sunday, Norman didn't get saved. But Norman, he was asked, would you like to come next Sunday? And Norman said yes. And so the next Sunday, Norman got on that bus. That man faithfully rode that, drove that bus and picked up Norman along with other kids and brought Norman into church, into Sunday school. But Norman didn't get saved that Sunday either. And so the next Sunday, the third Sunday, the bus driver, the Christian bus driver came, pulled up outside of Norman's home. Norman came, jumped on the bus, and away they went to Sunday school. And Norman did not get saved. And weeks were going by. September, October, November of 1941. Finally, December of 1941. And it was in December, that's when Japan decided they would attack the American Navy in, anchored in Pearl Harbor in Hawaii. And that's what brought the United States into the Second World War. But that did not stop the Sunday school work of that faithful church. Nor did it stop that mystery man from driving that church bus and picking up Norman. And finally, the next month in January, as now the entire world was immersed in World War II, Norman hopped on that bus, came to Sunday school, and did not get saved. And all throughout the months of 1942, right up to September, about 50 weeks have gone by, 50 Sundays, and that man drove that bus and picked up Norman. 50 times he gave Norman a ride into Sunday school. And Norman was singing the songs and he was hearing the preaching of Jesus and Norman did not get saved. Another whole year went by. 50 more weeks went by. 52 weeks that man faithfully picked up Norman. Over a hundred times now he had brought Norman into Sunday school. Norman still did not get saved. Well, let me tell you, years went by. 1945 came and the end of the Second World War and the whole world was rejoicing. The war is over. But Norman did not get saved. He was now being picked up faithfully by this man every week, hundreds of times. Anyone might have given up after 300 trips taking this boy who was now a teenager every week, faithful, 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 picking him up. Hello, Norman, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. And on the bus and away he goes to Sunday school again. But finally, after 400 trips, 400 stop. Open the door. Norman gets on. Close the door. Off to Sunday school. Finally, Norman got saved. And he was something like 17 years of age or something like that. Well, the effect was electric. Norman, he just came out of his shell. 
He had a burden to tell other people that he got saved. And he started sharing his testimony of salvation everywhere he possibly could. That includes going door to door. That includes a jailhouse ministry. That includes a rescue ministry. That, in, that included evangelistic opportunities as well. Norman felt called of God. He went off to Bible college. He got himself about four degrees. And he became a powerhouse for God for the next 70 years almost. But it all goes back to a Christian man whose name we don't even know. Who one day said, Pastor, I'll drive the church school bus. I'll do it. And this man faithfully served the Lord. And if it wasn't for this man faithfully serving the Lord, there might never have been a powerhouse named Norman Giesler. Dr. Norman Giesler. Are you faithfully serving the Lord? Folks, now is the time. We need you faithful. As a church family, we need to be faithful to the Lord. We can't right now congregate, but you can log on and you can keep watching the services. You can encourage others to log on. You can continue to tithe and give faith promise for missions. You can continue to pray every day fervently. Pray for the church family. You can encourage others. And if you have young people who've graduated out of high school or are about to graduate, you can encourage them. Go spend a year in Bible college, son. Go to Bible college for one year, my daughter. Let God work in your heart. Do this. And set yourself up for life. Caleb. Pretty faithful guy. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.